You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. I'm Gordy. Uh, I'm Tyler, I'm an animator, and I like really weird shit. Seems weird to tell us at, at this stage, sort of the, the basics of your life. Their existence. Their exist the existence of your interests. Gets to the point. You get it. We're falling down a fucking time hole. Uh, today we're going to start off uh, with The Wonderful Sheep, a uh, French tale that was originally titled The Ram in French. Uh, and it was penned uh, by Madame Dolnois, I believe. Uh, she was a baroness, so she knows her shit. Uh, yeah, like I. So when I got the, the like idea for doing this, um, like I found this tale, and it, it was the it was the one that I definitely wanted to tell you all. Uh, so I I hope that this works out. Uh, <laughs> we don't really know what we're doing, uh, but we thought like let's let's start a podcast. You know, let's just. Everyone's got a podcast these days. We got it. we can have a podcast. We said uh, a lot back then. We really did, didn't we? I feel like we have gotten a handle on it since then. Let's hope so. <laughs> so welcome to our 300th episode. We have talked for well over 300 hours on the internet at this point. Yeah, if you want to include ramble casts and bonus episodes like the Final Fantasies and whatnots. Non-canon. The non-canon episodes. Non-canon unlicensed the actual count is hold on just a sec i should have pulled it up do we have this this available yeah i mean we have uploaded 531 mp3s to simplecast good heavens we do not shut up (laughs) what a what a time sinkhole (laughs) that is the good news though is that we will never die it has taken us six point ish years mm-hmm. to do all this and i i do wonder how quickly could you just blast through all of that because <laughs> i i always wonder uh when i when i go through something really quick like if i watch a show really fast or read a book yeah. really fast i think like this took years like years of effort for somebody and it was like a cool 10 hours for me and then i'm done <laughs> Yeah, how bingeable are we? I get the feeling not, but apparently a lot of people do do it, so yeah, what I the fuck do I know? Like, power to you, because I can't listen to us for, like, more than a couple couple episodes at a time. <laughs> uh, and even, then, like, I haven't listened to one of our episodes in a long time, because I don't want to hear my voice talking at me. Um, <laughs> but if we just take the 300 episodes, averaging about an hour per episode, it's a solid 12 and a half days of audio recording. <laughs> uh, this podcast is our horcrux. Tyler's correct. We will never die. Because <laughs> of like a 12 but... and a half solid d- days of our soul is put into this this thing. But please, please allow me to die, though. <laughs> 
please destroy this so that I can die. If somebody wanted to, they could reconstruct us virtually, just based mm. off of audio. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. Like, you, you've got a pretty solid idea of who we are at this point. It does still freak me out when someone, like, makes a comment like, this is this is Carmen, or, or uh, this is something Carmen would like in the Discord. And like, how do you know me? Oh, wait, I've talked <laughs> for 12 and a half solid days into your ears. I've told you explicitly over and over what I'm about. I am not a mystery. I have never been a mysterious person. And now even less so. So what do we think? about this 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 milestone this thing that we have done Mm -hmm. can't surprise me anymore that's what i think seen too much (laughs) i have both seen too much and still not enough yeah there's still an awful (laughs) lot it's still such a wide world out there we have not touched and i I think that's been like one of the most eye-opening things is just how much storytelling humans have done that's different and the same at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful in a way. It is. I don't think when we set up in our in our little apartment with the train that went by repeatedly. <laughs> with a single blue Yeti that I'm still using. Yeah, that we all like huddled around like a campfire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would... like the days of yore. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was kind of the fun aspect of it, is that it did evoke sort of a campfire setting originally. It did, yeah. Like, we were really in the spirit of the oral tradition uh, early on. I had my notes printed out on, on sheets of paper, like a champion, <laughs> and then the rustling of the paper became annoying, so we evolved to the... <laughs> so that ceased. Yeah, to the have the Chromebook in my lap, uh, which is when we actually started saving the notes for these, because I don't think we... <laughs> I don't think I've got any of the notes from the first episodes. None of the paper notes? Yeah, and now I have several documents that are many hundreds of pages long. Uh, did you know that like Google Docs kind of peters out at 500 pages? You can't get more than that. <laughs> I did know that. <laughs> so, yeah. The edge of Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> we found it. It's just the, the math stops working after a while. Well, if somebody ever gets to the edge of Minecraft, they just start to find what the folklore notes there. <laughs> That's where they meet. They overlap on that border. <laughs> That's where the data overlaps on the internet. Yes. Uh, I like to look at the waveform now and consider that my campfire. <laughs> like, a, like a flickering it, flame? The flickering, yes. It does crackle and spark. Sometimes. Um, we, could, we could put like a campfire sound <laughs> underneath all this. Sure. I'm not busy. Yeah. If we had a, a mind to. Uh, so, so like, what did what did you two expect six years ago when we had to shout pause when we heard the early rumblings of a train going by? Uh, if I'm honest, I didn't expect it to go this long. Yeah. I expected I ex- each of us to lose interest at some point much sooner. I probably did as well. Like, I don't know. I, that that early boost of dopamine does does a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a we had a fun launch out out the door. Without that, who knows if that like, if that first episode had gotten nothing, maybe we wouldn't be here. You told me the idea, Carmen, and I thought it was it sounded like a fun idea. But I also, in the back of my head, assumed we're going to run out of stories eventually. Like that's what folk tales are known for—is just being the same thing over and over eventually, and just cannibalizing one another. But that was just me underestimating the planet Earth, I guess. <laughs> the power of the human spirit. 
<laughs> if anything, they're less all the same. Mm-hmm. Well, we started to find the nuance in them. <laughs> like, if you look at them from a long way away, then, then yeah, they do start to blend together, um, which is probably why we don't remember a lot of these. But when you, like, when you break it down beat by beat, it's it's the nuance where we find all the magic. <laughs> Gordy, do you miss the editing process at all? Don't. <laughs> no, not at all. Because yeah, we used to did, alternate, I... and then you took over for a time, and now it's back to me. Yeah, and one day, one day it may switch back over. Um, I, I think about that probably every day of my life. <laughs> in, in, in fear. That'd be a good use of funds. Make somebody else do that part. I... Think... I don't know that I could relinquish that control at this point. You don't think so? I don't think so. You have too much power. Hey, Freybug. I, I, don't, I don't have the trust. Hey, Freybug, can you go be a good intern? Go lay down. Well, she has input. Oh, well, apparently. And it's not going to stop. On episode one of What the Folk War, <laughs> which did does not precede her in any way. Does it precede her life? Yes, yes. it does. How old is Freybug? Uh, she is two Less now. than six? Okay, yeah, she was not even alive at that time, no. so what could she have to say? Um, so I, I blame this whole thing on Tyler, really. Uh-huh. Because it was, it was Tyler who, like, kind of got us into... Um, Knew what podcasts yeah, were. Yeah, like I'd, I... Listened to them actively. I don't, like, I don't think I listened to any podcast previously. I think I listened to a little bit of Welcome to Night Vale, and that was my only, like, foray into the realm um, but Tyler was like super into podcasts. So when I, when I met him, that was one of those things that we talked about quite a bit. And he introduced me to Mabim Bam and then I filtered that over to Gordy. Yeah. I, I was the one who got you all on the idea of these don't have to be intricately produced or <laughs> scripted. <laughs> or, and I just remember, or even interesting. <laughs> I just remember, um, the day in our, apartment gordy uh this was before tyler also joined us in roommate Mm. land um Mm. we had our desks set up on opposite sides of the living room so that we could be anti-social people but still interact occasionally uh which was a nice setup i did enjoy that and there was there was just an evening when we were listening to mabim bam and i heard the telltale sound of gordy turning over in his chair which (laughs) which was usually the only indication that it was time to talk (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I turned around and we stared at each other in silence for a moment as we are wont to do. And then he said, we could do this. <laughs> we could do a podcast. Is that how it started? Yeah. you like Tyler got us into it uh, when we were listening to... I certainly did not have an idea to do one. I was purely a listener at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spun him back around in my chair and, and popped a message over to Tyler. He's like, we could do a podcast. <laughs> And at the time, I was reading um, fairy tales, and I had actually been trying to, like, I had filmed a thing with the the story about the frog mm-hmm. that saves a little girl's, like, golden ball, and she th- flings him against a, a wall. <laughs> uh, so I'd been reading this book of fairy tales, and it, it had struck me how, like, ridiculous a lot of them were when you really looked at them. And so I'd, I'd done a, a talking head, like YouTube style, like summary of that one. And it was kind of boring. Like me just talking into a camera is not that interesting. Um, 
And so I had nothing had ever come of it. So that's when I presented that idea to you two because I figure I can be the boring one and then you two can add some flair and flavor to it. <laughs> add some pizzazz. Yeah. Uh, so that's how this all got started. It was, it was everybody's fault, but mostly Tyler's. <laughs> I accept that. Your first crime. Before I even considered that as a lifetime or as a pastime. The crime weaving? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I combined uh, lifestyle and pastime just then. <laughs> and we just had the one intern back then. Uh, she was very confused by the whole process, and now she's just bored by it, so we don't see her very much. <laughs> but when we first started sitting down and... Re- yeah, she typically just leaves now. Yeah, like she just pieces out under the bed until we're done. Uh, but in the beginning, she would she was very involved. <laughs> With the whole process, because it was confusing to have these three people sit around and talk into a microphone at her, or around her. <laughs> no, it was at her, yeah. in her mind. Yeah. Most things are. Uh, do you remember the second Dol Noir we ever did, where we got kind of into the voice acting style of things? She had to calmly put a hand on you. Yeah, she like she was so worried because <laughs> a different voice was coming out of my mouth that she came and stood on my leg like reached out a pause like are you okay what is happening put a hand on your shoulder (laughs) just to steady you good times we've come a long way intervention (laughs) yeah now she now i can do all kinds of voices around her and she just like flops over and ignores me she knows that you are lost yeah there's no helping this one there was a real golden age of character work for a while (laughs) i don't i don't think we're still in it but no could be another one we can see what we can do for this one uh, so we got a lot of really great ideas for how to celebrate the 300th episode from our, our Discord. Uh, most of them not feasible to do in less than a week of prep time when I'm also teaching a lot of kids how to do digital art all day. But we're going to keep those in our back pocket for future milestones or bonus episodes because they were really fun. One day I would like to do a choose-your-own-adventure style thing to torment the two of you. <laughs> But the the one thing that did have a lot of traction was revisiting our first story. We've been afraid that we would accidentally repeat something mm-hmm. for six years. Now we're going to do it on purpose. So we, we'll have nothing to fear anymore. So then we don't have to worry yeah, about like, it. Because if it happens, we can just say, yeah, we know. We did it on yeah, purpose. Yeah, there's precedent. Of course we did that on purpose. <laughs> uh, and of course it's entirely different the second time. <laughs> So the, the first time I, I noted the story, I was going into like major summary mode, just trying to get you the, major, the, the primary beats of the story. And this is before we knew what a, what a person Donois was, <laughs> what she would mean to us going forward. So it was kind of serendipitous that our first story was in fact a Donois by accident. I think we were also adamant about not going over an hour at the time and also not doing more than one episode. <laughs> yeah, we we had a lot of on a story. Adorable little notions back then. <laughs> and now that we are jaded and rugged <laughs> calloused in this dark wood of folklore. We we don't have no rules just right. Really Delnois went easy on us in that first episode. And now we're re- we're ready to actually throw hands. Yeah, so this is a, a full Delnois <laughs> version of the wonderful Sheep. Like Vegeta, we've been training in the in the fuck, the thing. What's it called? <laughs> when the gravity goes up. Yeah. It's, it's also been a while since we've done a, a Dragon Ball digression, so I so 
a relevant thought, we, I guess. We, <laughs> we did it so often that it became its own show. <laughs> yeah, that's that's c- concluded now, but you you can still listen to it. Um, when I when I I should have known I had ADD a lot earlier in my life because when I saw that and no this was this was when the 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 original Saiyans were coming. Uh huh. Um, we're into it now. When when Nappa and Vegeta were like on their way and Goku yeah, you remember everybody, Carmen. Everybody's like, we have a year to train for this, and they like go off and start training immediately. And I was watching like, you have a year. Like, why are you starting? <laughs> Go get Already. ice cream. You could like, yeah, you could wait like six months easy and then start. And then and you'd still be ahead of, of where we were with like papers, like writing. Yeah. <laughs> writing essays and things. <laughs> so anyway, that's a that's just a recreation of an old of uh, an old bit. <laughs> the old classic bits of talking about Dragon Ball Z instead of whatever we were supposed to be talking about. I feel like we should be eating Panda Express for this. I am. Are you? No. Mm, liar. <laughs> I don't know why, but 12 in the afternoon feels too early to eat Panda Express. No, I, I agree with you. <laughs> like, I know that people do it. I've seen people go in there at lunchtime, but that seems too early to me. I don't think I've had Panda Express for like two and a half years. Since living in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, I've not gone to a Panda Express since since leaving that state. Yeah, that used to be almost a tradition too like we go grab panda before we recorded so we didn't have to do cooking or thinking it was a terrible tradition though because it made us all like <laughs> very sleep <sleepy>. disgusting yeah. <laughs> and then we would record a podcast <laughs> now we're professionals um, we, so we save our panda for after all three of us took a a workshop with <laughs> mr cecil somebody baldwin baldwin <laughs> yes baldwin the, the voice behind Welcome to Night Vale. And he gave us lots of tips about like how to take care of your voice and what to do like to make it sound good when you're recording. And I have implemented none of those dis- like none of those recommendations at any point. I believe quite the opposite. Sometimes. Yeah, we took very dutiful notes. And then I believe the very first recording we did after that workshop, we like were drinking milk and doing all the things that we're, we're specifically not <laughs> supposed to do, <laughs> like shoveling cheese in our mouths, um, caffeine all the way. Yeah, you don't tell us what to do. We have severe problems with authority. You might be famous and successful, but it's not everybody's path. Right. In the years we have done this show, I have never once drank tea while doing it. Uh, nor have I. Maybe I should. I have coffee next to me right now, which is one of the, and it's got cream in it, so it's like a twofer of things that I shouldn't yeah, be I, doing. Yeah, I just finished some of that. So thank you, Cecil Baldwin, for the wonderful advice. We we are just too dumb to take it. We are probably more successful than we ever should have been. The uh, photo of Cecil Baldwin holding our Hans my hedgehog is still one of my treasured possessions. Also, a thing I did not ever expect. Uh, to have happen <laughs> since starting this show so that's that's been pretty cool both to possess a stitched Hans my hedgehog and to give it to somebody else to hold for a picture right so to be aware of the existence of a Hans my hedgehog was not something that I had considered and probably the the greatest surprise of this whole thing was finding pocket family mm-hmm. our international community of <laughs> Inside your phone. That lives in our pocket. 
<laughs> and is always there with the the dank memes, the maids riding their skateboards, uh, the beautiful sharing of their artwork and delicious foods that they've cooked. Those so many pet photos and just delightful conversations, insights, extra information that we were all too lazy to find. And just if we ever needed to know something about our own show, because we don't we don't know anything about our own show, we could just ask a question and someone would have the answer within minutes. And that was magical too. So we really appreciate you, Pocket Family, and everyone who's been listening and, and talking with us for, for the past six years. Anyone who has ever said good or ill about us. Oh, man, do you remember? Just to be acknowledged is enough. You remember that guy on our Facebook page early on? (laughs) I do. Uh, He was so mad at us for for talking. the Bitcoin guy? Yeah. And we talked about feminism occasionally, and and he would just, like, pop up every few months to be mad at us for it. I was like, it's so nice you're still listening. That was a good time. I miss that guy. I guess we should tell the story, though. Yeah. You guys are ready ready to relive our very first day? I fucking guess so. All right. Yeah, let's do it. So today we are reading The Ram or The Wonderful Sheep, uh, written by Madame Dolmois. Uh, I sourced this one from Sir Laloon this time. I just have a slightly different uh, translation of it from the Blue Fairy book that I still have on my shelf. Put some stank on it. So this is the same version, but a slightly different translation. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, it's the same story. And mm-hmm. a lot of the details are the same that we glossed over in that first bit. Because they weren't, they weren't plot relevant. And foolish young Carmen was like, well, then we don't need it to tell the story. <laughs> Idiot. Little did she know. <laughs> in the happy days when fairies were alive... There was a king with three daughters. So myth times. So myth times. So we're already starting off with a Project Birdfall drop, which is yeah. once fairies were alive, which incl- uh, in- implies that they are not any longer. So they did right. definitely lose that war sometime. Sets a timeline mm-hmm. that we were unaware of at the time. Mm-hmm. A chronology. All the daughters were beautiful and young, but of course the best was the youngest one. Her name was Mervelous. I'm going to call her Marvelous or Merv for the rest of the story. Cool. Her dad gave her more dresses and ribbons in a month than he did his other daughters in a year. She's like solid parenting. Uh, but she That's had confusing a... parenting. Yeah. But she had a kind little heart and shared everything, so no one was peeved, which I think is maybe the most unrealistic thing about this fairy tale so far. Cause like, what does that budget look like, Dad? What's your dress and ribbons budget? Please help, my family's starving. <laughs> I buy 600 dresses and ribbons for one daughter a month. Uh, this king had evil-minded neighbors who got real tired of peace, like you do when you're evil-minded. Like That's just boring. I prefer quarrelsome. Yes. Quarrelsome neighbors, yeah. So they, they decided to go full bloody war on him. Just to have something to do. Like, TV didn't exist, as we've discussed before, so you had to find your entertainment somewhere. And the uh, wholesale slaughter of civilians is sometimes it. That's just the seven-year itch for kings. <laughs> uh, so the king was afraid he'd be overthrown if he just, like, let them do a war on him without it doing anything. Yes, because he spends his military spending on dresses and ribbons. <laughs> for one daughter. For one daughter. <laughs> Uh, so he got together a big army and he took to the field. 
His army's uniforms are just her hand-me-downs. <laughs> it's just all, all dresses <laughs> and so many ribbons. But a very fashionable army, which is... An incredibly fashionable platoon. Half the battle, I think, is just showing up to the battlefield looking fresh. You get that confidence. And then they walk, they, the... they do the little turn on the catwalk, and the enemy <laughs> army has fear stricken into their hearts. They do a little the... turn in the trench. The Spartans wore those yucky brown diapers, and look what happened to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they just make it work, then then they would have been fine. Uh, so the three princesses, meanwhile, hung out with their governor in a castle, and every day they got good news of the king having taken a city or won a battle. I'm sure none of it was propaganda. It was just all, all good news all the time. And I'm sure they cared. Yes. Well, I mean, if he dies, then there's no more dresses. So he was finally successful enough to drive his enemies out of his states, and he returned hastily to the castle to see his Merv again, because he loved her so much. Just her, though. Uh, no thought for the other two. Or, you know, anything else. Luxuries or responsibilities <clears throat> aside. Is this kind of... We've, we've heard this specific sort of... Uh, set up in a lot of stories obviously at this point the youngest child is the most precious to their parents um, yeah. and as oldest children ourselves we have grown bitter about that but is this like a Goldilocks kind of situation like were they were they trying to produce a child in a specific way and it just didn't work out till the third time like this one this one's too hard this one's too soft this one's just right this one's cheekbones are too high what is Wait, what is wrong with the hard and soft children? <laughs> uh, one, one child just, like, got way too buff. And the other one has no bones. Yeah, either no bones or, or just so many pastries. And the other one is captain of Wally ship. Uh, so the three princesses had satin dresses made in green, blue, and white with matching jewels and emerald blue turquoise. Not sapphire, blue turquoise and white diamond. Okay, Sure. Uh, they entered the king's presence singing verses that they had composed on his victories. Does it matter who's wearing what? Uh, I think oldest is green, middleest is blue, and youngest is white. So just in birth order. Hmm. I skipped over the verses last time because I often skip over the verses when I'm reading anything. Um, sure. But I, I did decide to include them this time because they're extraordinarily inspired verses that these <laughs> girls have composed Presumably together over a period of this time. This is what they were working on while he was gone. Yeah, and and I'm going to summarize what they were. They had time to workshop. Uh, so they basically go, hey, you're home from lots of fight. You totes one. Hi, Dad King. When bells get real loud and everyone has big dinners, uh, here in our shouts and our songs and our glee, echoes of our strong loyalty. The last two are, are direct lines. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's basically, hey, dad, you got home from punches and you won. Hi. Hi, dad. Hi. We love you forever. We're loyal to you. Happy punch. Come home. Never mind. Let's <laughs> try to portmanteau homecoming and punch. Happy yeah, you don't want to do a home punching. Yeah. A home, a home punching sounds. Or a punch coming. Great. That, <laughs> if that is what you enjoy, then... I wish you the best. I've heard of folks like that. And again, I wish them the best. Uh, so the the whole ending the song on echoes of our strong loyalty thing is a bit of foreshadowing to what kind of a dad king this person is. 
that they did they <laughs> did they echo the last word because that would be pretty sweet yeah <laughs> like the, the oldest daughter said loyalty and the other the others went loyalty loyalty <laughs> and he was like ah oh, what a performance say loyalty a few more times for me <laughs> it's my favorite word to hear from my daughters when he saw his daughters, he embraced them tenderly, but he did give Merv did give Merv more caresses than the others, just to like rub it in a little bit. Did further. he count them out loud? <laughs> and one, one caress for you. Two. <laughs> a splendid feast was prepared, and the king and his daughters sat down to eat. And as just like a fun conversational game mid dinner, the king who. As a hobby, like to overanalyze everything and read into deeper meanings behind anything that was ever said to him. A healthy I do habit. remember King Freud. Yeah, King Freud. Our, our first named king. <laughs> uh, he asked why the eldest chose to wear a green dress. God, he was doing experiments on his daughters, basically. <laughs> uh, so this does not this does not strike me as any less sinister. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the eldest daughter, who I guess has been around the block a few times and knows how to pull the bullshit fountain on when she needs to, uh, tells him, Well, I heard of your great deeds, and I thought green would show my joy and my hope that you would return. What? Why? What does that have to do with anything? It doesn't, but, like, she knows. She knows her dad. I would think that she's old enough now to know to just overanalyze her own decisions first. To have an answer prepared. That's the route I would take personally. Yeah, like you wouldn't get dressed without thinking, how can I make this about my dad? Dad's gonna ask me some shit about this. <laughs> I, what do I say? I need to put a shirt on, but how do I make that about my dad? <laughs> I feel like um, like maybe she... It's a, Go on, Gordon. It's a good life skill to have, I think, to recognize, like, my dad definitely wants this to be about him. How can I make that happen? <laughs> I think it's also a good life. Like, I could see that she maybe went through a period of time where she did, like, make every decision with the thought of, okay, all right, I'm going to, I need a snack, but whatever I choose, I need to make it, make sure it's about my dad. So what kind of snack would my dad want me to have? Uh, and then... Not what would my dad want to eat. What yeah. does dad want me to eat? Right. Like, how can, how can my snack be for him in some way? Ants on a log. Because they remind me of your soldiers, Dad. And also, it's very healthy, and I'm keeping, I'm taking care of myself. For you. For you, Dad. To, to make sure that I give a good impression of you. Uh, so I feel like she maybe did that for a while, and then, like, as she got older, she's like, this is bullshit. I do want to do things for me sometimes. Like, every now and then, I want to put on a fucking dress without it being about my dad. <laughs> um so then she learned the fine art of bullshit, which is an even more useful skill for getting through life. Uh, so she's quick on the bullshit train here. Uh, it, like she figured out a long time ago, it doesn't need to make sense so long as it flatters him. Like he won't look into it if it if it flatters him. <laughs> and so he's like, "Oh yes, that sounds wonderful, my daughter. Now you, second daughter, why did you choose blue?" So the second daughter is maybe a little bit like she's learned some stuff from the older daughter. And is perhaps a little bit more romantical still, not as jaded as the older daughter. So she puts a little more effort into it. Um, she says, It was a sign that I should pray without ceasing for you, because in looking on you, I seem to see the sky and the most beautiful stars. So the king says, Why, you speak like an oracle. <laughs> you know how oracles just compliment mm -hmm. people. 
Well, that kind of sounds like bullshit, but it still sounded good to me. Now, my obvious favorite daughter, why did you choose white? And the youngest daughter, because she's just, like, never had to work for affection, I guess hasn't learned the fine art of bullshit at all. Does not require affection. Right. Like, she she doesn't need to do anything. Does not crave it. So she says, well, I look good in it. It's my favorite dress, Dad. Yeah, I just like this one. What? said the king, much annoyed. Was that your only thought, you vain little monkey? Don't you know that every time you, you do anything, it should be with me in mind? And otherwise, it's vanity? <laughs> You're so vain, you probably think this dress is about you. <laughs> Uh, so she recovers quickly and says, well, I just wanted to please you, which it seems to me is my only duty. <laughs> it's a kind of on-the-nose analysis of how he's dealing with them, really. It, it is. Uh, so the king loved her. I would have you executed if you weren't dope as shit. <laughs> so the king loved her and he thought the answer made up for everything. Every insult that she had just given him by wearing a white dress because she liked it and not because <laughs> she thought deeper things about him oh close one uh so he says well i like your wit and it is super clever of you not to state your whole meaning at once (laughs) you swerved me and i dig it (laughs) (laughs) you did you did you got me and that was fine (laughs) what what jolly games we have my daughter (laughs) i felt like i was back at war just now with our little tete-a-tete Uh, So they finish dinner, and he's like, man, that hit the spot, but I don't want to go to bed just yet, because there's nothing to do in fairy tale times after dinner but go to sleep, so I gotta think of something to entertain myself. Uh, So tell me your dreams from the night before I came back. Give me a little fairy tale TV time. Yeah, tell me your brain TV, because we don't have real TV yet. Uh, So the eldest tells him that she had a dream that he was going to bring her a dress with gold and jewels. Hint, hint, please. (laughs) Please, like. How about it? It's been months since my last dress, and I'm glad that my youngest sister shares. But, I, like, her taste isn't my taste. So, maybe this? Hint, hint, hint. Uh, the second dreamt that he was bringing her a dress, didn't care what kind, and also a golden distaff so she could spin her linen with it. I think she's a more creative and industrious daughter, is my my impression from the couple of lines that we get about yeah, her. Yeah, man, it would be fascinating to hear a story about her someday. Yeah, she seems like a character. <laughs> And the youngest said she had a dream that it was her second sister's wedding day and her dad held a golden ewer for her to wash her hands with. Uh, So I do remember this part and I do remember him getting very upset about it. Yeah, he got super pissed. But my question is, in her dream, why were her hands so goddamn dirty at her wedding or her sister's wedding day? Yeah, what were you doing? What were you doing? You doing crafts? Yeah. Well, I... You eating spaghetti like a savage? I bet it was crafts, because I bet the second sister had, like, as a cute little wedding activity thing. Uh, <laughs> it's a macaroni drawing of her sister and brother-in-law. Well, I was thinking, like, maybe, you know, instead of favors for the guests, she has this little craft table up so everyone gets to make their own little favors. Because, <laughs> um, like, she's, she seems super creative that's, and whimsical. That's fine. Yeah. And frugal. Yeah. I like second sister. She's my favorite character on the second read. <laughs> Um, so the king frowned and made the ugliest face possible so that everyone knew he was annoyed. (laughs) Basically like a toddler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like all of the servants are like, whoa, off in the corner, like, oh, she done it now. We don't know what she's done, but she's done it now. That's a face that says, who put this poop in my pants? (laughs) 
<laughs> Wasn't me. Someone just dumped it in there. Uh, so he stomps off to bed because the insolent little wretch wants me to become her servant. Arr. No wonder she put it on a dress to make herself feel pretty instead of thinking about me when she got dressed like My. everyone else does. She doesn't think I'm even worthy of her consideration. But I'll... No wonder I give her 600 dresses a month. It's her fault. But I'll take steps to prevent her wicked design before she can carry it into effect. I was like, what would happen if they'd had more, like, regular dreams that people have? I was like, well, I dreamt that I was late for a math test and all my teeth fell out. I was like, oh, off to the gallows with you immediately. Is he talking to a cat up in his room right now? I think he's talking to himself, but maybe a cat. We can, we can add a he's cat. He's got to bounce it off of something. Yeah. He's just got the that... Uh, wicked cat from Cinderella, Lucifer. <laughs> it's just like talking to Lucifer in his room. What an on the nose name for a villain to give their cat, especially <laughs> in fairy tale times when like religious iconography was a much bigger deal than it is in. Yeah, I feel times. like that could get you killed back then. Yeah, like, are you a witch? That... You named your black cat Satan. <laughs> <laughs> that that does seem extremely bold. <laughs> Maybe it's a power move. It does like kind ask, of scream, come at trouble. me. <laughs> like, I am so rich and powerful and influential that I can't name my black cat Satan and no one's going to burn me at the stake, even though I'm a single mother. So he, he like, couldn't sleep particularly well. So peeved was he about this this dream she had. Mm -hmm. So he rose before dawn in a fit and he sent for the captain of the guard to tell him, look, you heard my daughter having dreams I didn't like, so I'm going to need you to kill her and bring me her heart and her tongue, or I'm going to do a murder on you. <laughs> there. Also, change my diaper. It's still there from last night. No one did anything about it. The captain was astonished by this, but he didn't want to make the king madder, so he was like, okay. <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> and then he left to go to uh, the princess's room. But he did have some trouble getting in because it was awfully early. However, this trouble wasn't worth exploring in a story or narrative thing, so hardly worth mentioning. Because he does get in <laughs> and he tells her, hey, the king's asking for you. <laughs> so what we take away from that is he did get in. It was just tricky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had to maybe pick a lock or imitate a maidservant's voice. Like, hello, dearie, it's time <laughs> to change your uh, logs on the fire. Or whatever. Do you have one in there? I've never been in there. Ah, uh, so Patty Pata, the problematic representation, Gravugian, the monkey, and Tintin, the dog, also bounded after her as she followed the guard downstairs because he's like, yeah, the king's totally out in the garden. He just wants to come say hi. And then when he wasn't in the garden... Were, were they all just in there? Yeah, everyone's just like hanging out, sleepover There's just like Scoob and the gang in her, <laughs> in her room with her? Yeah. Also dressed in some of her 6,000 dresses. <laughs> of course. They gotta go somewhere. Um, I mean, the dresses when she was an infant just fit on the dog now. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's adorable. Uh, so they get to the garden, the king's not there, and he's like, oh, he definitely went to the forest. Nothing suspicious about this. I'll take you to the forest. So he led her there, and as day broke, the princess realized that the guard had tears in his eyes. What's wrong? She asked with charming sweetness, in case you forgot that you're supposed to love her more than anything else. You seem sad. So he's like, yeah, I am sad. Cause What's I'm... wrong? She said protagonistly. <laughs> What's wrong? Asked the Mary Sue. <laughs> <laughs> 
said, I'm sad because I have to... I can and will fix it. <laughs> I have to murder you. So she's... With a plum. She starts crying and looking like a little lamb being led to slaughter. Just sweet and innocent and everybody pity her and she's the best. And also her name's Donois. Well, I guess I gotta die now. So she looked at the guard, but with no anger because she is just too sweet and good for that. Um, and asks, well, do you... Do you really have the courage to kill me? Who's done you no harm and has only ever said nice things about you to the king? I'd like to see you try, bitch. Come at me. And also, I haven't done anything ever in my life. He's like, well, no, no, no. I, I definitely can't kill you. I, I will for sure die before I do that. <laughs> um, but even if I stabbed myself right here and right now, you wouldn't be safe because he does want proof that you're dead and he probably won't stop until he gets it. So, so I need to figure out a way to uh, return to the king and make him believe that you're dead. Well, like conveniently, that. I've brought my dog and monkey with me. And also this problematic representation. Take your pick of weird animals. <laughs> and person. And a human. Yeah. So Potty Potta yeah. flung herself at the, at the princess's feet to offer her life. And the princess says, no, you are just as precious to me as my own life. Because I'm such a good person. And everybody loves me and I'm the best. Then the monkey Grabugion offered his life. Specifically so that he could have his name remembered in monkey land. Oh, I was going to say the opposite. He flung himself forward and said, please kill me. I am Grabugion. <laughs> I, I, I wish to not I, be Grabugion anymore. No, I, I wish to be erased from history. <laughs> no, he definitely wants the name Grabugion on the lips of every monkey in monkey land. A country Shouted we just learned about. From the Monkey King's Mountain. Me, if my name was Grabugion, maybe... I'm sure. I think I'd probably try to make everybody say it. I'm sure this after has. I was dead. I'm sure this has a more French pronunciation, like Grabugion. Um, but I like. <laughs> no, Grabugion. I think it's just Grabugion. <laughs> I also believe it's Grabugion. Also, what does that EV evolution look like? <laughs> it's, um, it's got a lot of extra hands, a, and it's it's got kleptomaniac power, so it just steals it other people's powers. It does change. It changes species. <laughs> Because Eevee's like a fox thing, right? Yeah. And then it turns into sort of various bigger dogs <laughs> um, of one kind or another. Um, Pokemon, I don't know that they've ever been daring enough just to say, like, this thing totally changes species <laughs> when it evolves. It has to have happened. I just can't think of something off the top of my head right now. Yeah, there, sure. there are like a thousand of them now. And the, some, one of them is a literal pile of garbage, so... <laughs> Yeah, surely. So she's like, nah, Grabugion, no one wants to remember your name. And then Tintin's like, look, I'm a good boy, and good boys die for their masters, so maybe take me up on it. <laughs> good? No. What? No, 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 no. We can't, we can't support that. No, like, there's, look, there is not a single good person in this story. <laughs> there's, there's no person in this story who is a good character except for second sister there is good. no one in this story worth remembering which is ironic because we're doing it twice good boys die for their masters they sh they sure don't so they fight and the monkey is faster than the rest of them so he just like escapes the fight and then flings himself off the tree lands on his head and dies instantly <laughs> unfortunately this is a fist-sized monkey like, fist-sized monkey yeah he's no bigger than a fist he's a little monkey yeah what kind of monkey is that? 
I mean, there are a lot of monkeys that are little. Uh, but not that but little. But whose fist? Maybe like mine. A, yeah, it says no um, bigger than your fist. So like, look at your fist, and that's the size of a monkey you get for this version of the story. That's a tiny monkey. I'd I'd work hard to hold on to that monkey. Well, she didn't, so she did lose the monkey. It wouldn't be hard to hold on to that monkey. It's the size of your fist. Um, so Potty Pata took the knife that they used for the monkey autopsy, which means that they didn't like look at the they... monkey being the size of the fist, like on they the outside. They decided to check. <laughs> How, like, well, it seems small, but how big are its organs? Maybe it's bigger on the inside. Nope, no, it isn't. All right. Maybe it's all bones and heart in there. So, so like this princess's morning has been to like be dragged out to the woods by the captain of the guard, told that she needs like they need to come up with some kind of heart and tongue thing so that she doesn't continue to be hunted for the rest of her life. Watches her her pet monkey dash its head on the ground and then. Watches them like to or maybe monkey Valhalla or maybe helps do an autopsy on her friend the monkey. <laughs> so Patty Pata takes the the knife from the monkey autopsy and she she offs herself. But oh no, racism exists. So in spite of the like, they definitely don't have the same parts. Yeah, well, like they, they like her tongue doesn't look like the princess's tongue because racism. Even though like. You could just look at, at all people and say that that's not the case. Like, your tongue color does not change with your skin tone. <laughs> that is the dumbest ploy. So, yeah, they can't do that. And the princess weeps that she's lost all that she loved. And the dog's like, I'm still here. And if hey, you... uh, <laughs> whoa there. <laughs> I'm still Standing a good right here. <laughs> um, and if you had just let me die, then you would only have me to regret. And I would have had the happiness of not witnessing this shit that I just saw. <laughs> So she kissed her dog, crying bitterly, and walked away, then looked back, and she didn't see the guard anymore, just the corpses of, of all three of the, the others, <laughs> because I guess the dog did a dead off-screen. Didn't, like, go into that. I don't know if the dog's heart or tongue worked in this translation, or if it just, like, did a dead. Um, so she buries them in a hole she conveniently found by chance at the foot of the tree that is exactly the size of a whole-ass human corpses. and a dog. <laughs> Um, and a monkey. And then at last, she thought of her own safety, because up till now, she's been so selfless and only thinking of others, but now she, now that she's done this, she thinks of herself again. Well, now that I'm alone, I guess I should probably think about myself. She's too close to her dad's house, and also there are lions and wolves that could eat her up like a chicken, so she needs to do something about this. And the something she does is to begin walking as fast as possible in a random direction. <laughs> but the forest is so wide, and the sun is so hot, that she was near dead from heat and terror and fatigue. Probably after, like, half an hour of walking, because let's be real. How much of that has she had to do? Everything frightened her. She was in constant terror of the king running after to kill her. The sad cry she uttered is impossible to describe. <laughs> So don't ask. Think of the saddest thing you can think of and multiply it by ten. And you're still wrong. Yeah. The bushes tore her pretty dress and wounded her pale-ass skin. Come on, bushes. You gotta contribute to this misery. She's not getting any more new dresses this month. That fountain has been cut off. <laughs> uh, then she heard a sheep bleeding and she's like, Oh, shepherds know where things are. Maybe I can pretend to peasant for a little while. 
bleed, bleeding, bleating, bleating. Yes, like the noise, like the noise they're supposed to make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. If she can hear a sheep bleeding and recognize that, we have a lot of questions. That That's answer. just how kind-hearted she is, Carmen. She can, she can, t- she can tell. She, she can hear suffering from <laughs> any distance. Alas, she soliloquized to herself, it is not always kings and princes that are the happiest. Who in this kingdom would believe me a fugitive forced to disguise myself because daddy wants to kill me? Thus reflecting, she goes toward the bleating, or the bleeding, um, and then she was surprised to see, instead of shepherds with a flock, a great ram, whiter than snow, with golden horns, wearing a garland of flowers around his neck, strings of pearls around his legs, and chains of diamonds, just wherever, I suppose. Didn't specify. <laughs> wherever else fit. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is Sometimes covered one in diamonds. causes the other, I suppose. I'm still thinking about bleeding and bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been both. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't think we had gone into how bedecked this sheep was before, but I do very much like the image of this just bling-ass sheep in the woods. No, originally I kind of just envisioned a sheep standing on two feet like a human man. Yeah. Uh, Well, this one's laying on orange flowers. Uh, I think like lounging Jeff Goldblum style. Yeah, just tracing (laughs) the flowers with one hoof. Yeah, and there's... (laughs) And there's... Fluffing up a little flower pillow. (laughs) And there's a pavilion of gold cloth above, keeping the sun off of him. And there are a hundred finely dressed sheep standing around having coffee and sherbet and ices and lemonade and strawberries and other other such delicacies. Some of the sheep were playing various card games. Some had golden collars carved with beautiful designs. Some had their ears pierced, which is rad. I want to, I want yeah. to know those sheep. For a sheep? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and others were... T- what kind of ear piercing? Yeah, just like gauges. Do we think, okay, because that's, that's way, like, skate skateboarder piercings or <laughs> yeah. pirate piercings? What kind of piercings are there? I think there are a hundred sheep. We can have a few few different Elton, options. Elton John piercings? One of them's got, like, a punk shear. Do sheep have, like, eyebrow cartilage, and can we pierce it? I'm sure we can, we can pierce the skin of the eyebrow. Yeah. I don't imagine that they have eyebrows, but... Yeah, I mean, we don't have eyebrow cartilage. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, like the brow. Um... It's it's the skin that they pierce, not the. Yeah, not the bone. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you can definitely like squeeze some skin, get get a piercing above the eye. I don't know that they have like a prominent brow ridge, but. Um. So Merv was so astonished that she ser- stood perfectly still, uh, which I is like kind of the standard princess fainting goat response to anything that happens. I feel it's appropriate in this case. Uh, And the ram came forward by bounds and leaps and said, Come, divine princess, don't fear animals so gentle. And she's like, what the- Look at us, we're having a dope party out here. She's like, what the fuck, a talking sheep? And this- A talking sheep? And this is when Madame Delnois had like a little inkling of a realization of the scene she had just written. But she doesn't (laughs) have an eraser. This is the first time she looked down mournfully at the stub at the end of her quill. Yeah, like, oh. I guess worth worth reminding people that this woman only goes forward. <laughs> uh, so she she pins that down. She doesn't have an eraser, but she does remember that she like she just had she just had a scene that kind of plot holes this one. Um, so she very quickly uh, swerves and says, "Well." Uh, the sheep says, Madam, your monkey and dog spoke prettily. 
and I know this somehow. So why is is me talking even worth commenting on? Uh, well, um, they were uh, they were given the gift of speech by a fairy, right? Um, so that would have been good to know. <laughs> so it wasn't very astonishing to me that they could talk. That was just normal. You, however, are an abomination. <laughs> And the ram says, well, perhaps something like that happened to us, too. So maybe shut your mouth. Smiling sheepishly. (laughs) Come on now. Come on now. Uh, But what brought you here? My misfortune, Sir Ram. (laughs) I am the most unhappy maiden in the world. And I am seeking a hiding place against the anger of my father. How did you... How did you know that my monkey and dog talked, but not that they just viciously murdered each other? For themselves, really. For themselves. Or anything else that's happening. So the sheep's like, well, cool, come with me. She says, no, I am so tired that I might just die. (laughs) Okay, just keep standing there then, I guess. (laughs) Now that feels a lot more relatable. (laughs) than it did six years ago i'm so tired i might just die yeah six years ago that just seemed like like narcissistic melodrama but nowadays it's like yeah that's a tuesday six years ago i wasn't in my 30s that's i I get it now yeah man time just keeps going doesn't it much like dull noir the weird thing about time is that it it does just continue all right. Well, uh, I think maybe that's why Adol Noir was the way she was. <laughs> Just an understanding like of the passage of time. Yeah, she realized I'm not getting that time back, so I'm not going to erase it. <laughs> and maybe that's like that's a really good uh, attitude to take when you're drafting a story, right? Like you're not getting this time back. Just go forward, because then <laughs> then you get that draft done. Yeah. So really, she's a hero. I mean, I hate her because it took me till 2 a.m. to note this damn thing. But really, she's a hero. Uh, so the ram orders a coach and six goats harnessed to a two-person-sized pumpkin rolled up. But it wasn't an icky pumpkin on the inside. It was dry and it was lined with down and velvet cushions. And the goats drove her and the ram to a cave, barred by a large stone that wasn't an obstacle because the ram just, like, touched it with his foot and it moved. We just needed, like, she just wanted an extra word in there because I guess she's being paid by the word. So he told the princess, hey, go in. Just go on in there. Go into that cave. It's fine. It's fine. And she's like, no, this this looks terrible. But I do, like, then on was like, I don't want to figure out a way to make her go in there. So, honestly, I'm just so terrified of everything right now that I would even throw myself into a well. So even though I'm scared of this, I am going to go in. That's reasonable thinking, right? Like, have you ever been so scared of everything that you would just throw yourself into a well? I don't know about scared of everything. Again, I think maybe tired. <laughs> yeah, tired, I can, yeah. Or just, or just sleepy or annoyed. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think... And I decide, yeah, like, I'd rather just just be in a well. Uh, so they went down this cavern for such a long time that he, she thought maybe he was taking her to the kingdom of the dead. Uh, but then suddenly it opened up into a field of thousands of sweet flowers. There was a great river of orange flower water flowing all around, and then there were streams of Spanish wines and other fancy liqueurs forming cascades and and everything. Just kind of charming fountains and such out of booze. Booze fountains and rivers. Uh, all around them were avenues of trees. Uh, some of these, like one of these orchards was filled with fine-cooked partridges. 
better than any chef could make growing from the branches. Uh, other orchards were visible with trees laden with quails or rabbits or turkeys. Um, basically, it was just like a vegan's nightmare. Just like no fruits or vegetables anywhere. Just trees filled with cooked meat everywhere. You are j- jaded if that didn't get commentary. <laughs> I mean, as trees do. We know this. Do we? Yeah. I'm looking at one right now. That they get filled with cooked meat? Yeah. Hmm. I might be delirious. Yeah, this one this one doesn't. That doesn't shock me. Uh, in certain places. Tree, tree full of meat. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> meat tree, yay. That's probably real. I wish it was full of jesters or something more interesting. It would be kind of nice to go outside and like pluck a protein fully cooked. <laughs> I want to pluck yeah, a clown. <laughs> you would want to pluck a clown. A... <laughs> now there's a flower that smells like meat, but I don't think it actually produces meat. Mm. There are flowers that eat flies and bugs, which is kind of meat. Yeah, I guess technically. Um, well, So is that something? Well, in certain places where the air seemed darker... It also rained lobsters and soups. Now we're talking. And ragouts of sweetbreads yeah. and white puddings. Hell yeah. And sausages. Where's this place? And tarts. And also money and pearls and diamonds. So it's just... Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> like, I don't know if this is all in the same rainstorm. Like, it's just a rainstorm of, like, lobsters and diamonds and sausages and pearls. It's just fucking diamond chowder day. And tarts and money... <laughs> Like all just bouncing off of each other because you put if you rain all of those things at the same time, it kind of ruins all of them. Each of them individually. I tell you what you can't do is just stick your like open your mouth and point your head to the sky and let (laughs) things fall in. Well, like the way you'd you'd obviously want to do. Like some of those things is a whole ass lobster, so he's like you open your mouth and just a whole lobster just yeah. slaps off your face. And then yeah. as as you're getting like a little bit of buttery lobster juice like rolling down your Is face, it pre buttered? I assume so. I mean it's we got whole parts and stuff in here, so Does Dolan do. know what butter is? Or where it comes oh, from. Oh I bet she knows what butter is. <laughs> But, like, you get a little bit of lobster juice in your mouth, and all of a sudden, like, a strawberry tart falls into your face. And then then you swallow a pearl. Yeah, and then you're cut open by diamonds. <laughs> like, all the money just, like, has sausage grease all over it. <laughs> and, and there's soup on everything. Like, it's these delicious tarts, but then also uh, a French onion soup, which is, like, flows down and and covers this uh beautiful fruit mm. tart like all of this gets ruined if it's raining at the same time the strangeness and uh usefulness of this shower she wants you to to know it is a useful mm-hmm. rain shower that's happening uh would have attracted a goodly company if the ram was more sociable like he could have had some ragers here in <laughs> the lobster or strawberry tart showers if he was any more sociable but all the stories assure us that he was graver in his manner than a Roman senator. I don't know that that has been evident thus far, but sure. <laughs> yeah, like nothing she's shown us has been grave. But she wants she wants the brooding romantic lead, right? <laughs> like everyone's favorite young adult romantic male lead trope, mm-hmm. the brooder. Yeah. 
So that's what she's going for. She's fanning herself as she writes him. It's like, oh, he was he was so grave, just like a Roman senator. Could have <sighs> picked a a more brooding animal, maybe. Maybe. Also, maybe a more brooding metaphor. I don't know that Roman senators are known for their their gravity. Well, maybe at the time they were better known for that. <laughs> that may have been lost to the ages at this point. Yeah. Uh, all around them, roses intertwined to form cabinets and halls and rooms that were furnished with gold and silver gauze and mirrors and lamps and beautiful pictures. So she's... But they're... But, but... What is and is not a rose right now? Uh, I think the walls and things are roses and maybe some Is this furniture? like cake? Do you just cut roses. open cut open a chair in his place and it's the roses? Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely do that. <laughs> and it's got like a little bit of lobster stuck in it from the rain. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> just cut open a chair and a lobster comes out gasping for breath. Uh, so the ram says, hey, you're queen of this now, because I've been sad for years, brooding. Oh, time for a sad off. Sexily. But now I just, I, I only. Time for a sexy sad off. Yeah. But now I only need <laughs> you to forget my grief. Like this, I think this is the origin of the young adult romance novel. <laughs> it's Thanks, like, Daldois. Yeah. Like, You've I, given the world so much. I'm the brooding romantic lead, and only you can fix me. So she says, well, the way you treat me is generous, and this place is pretty cool. Um, so I'm not going to complain. And then a troop... <laughs> Seems good to me. Yeah, then a troop of beautiful nymphs show up, and they give her fruits and amber baskets, and she reaches out to touch the nymphs, which is rude. Like, that's not how you greet people, asshole. <laughs> that's how her dad greets her. I guess so. Uh, and then they faded into shadows, and she began... She says, one stroke a sippy, two stroke a sippy. <laughs> uh, but when she touches them, they fade into shadows, and she begins to cry. At this illusory world she now finds herself in? <laughs> like, I don't know. There's shadows now, so that's it's time for tears. She thought she... So she's like a... She's a baby. <laughs> I mean... <She's> a... <laughs> yeah. She has infant brain. <laughs> yes. She thought she was going to touch real people flesh. It's shadows. Uh, someone's playing peekaboo with her real mean leg, and it's time to cry. Uh, King Ram, for so he was called. That's his name. Now now you know. Uh, Did I forget to mention that? Whoopsie. Uh, he'd peaced out for a bit because she needs him to come back in, and she forgot to write him leaving. So she's like, Eddie, he's <laughs> gone off on some business. We don't need to, like... You don't need to think about what. So he comes back to see... see He's just the Simpsons grandpa meme of walking in and putting his hat down and then picking it up and leaving again. <laughs> yeah. That's just happening in the background. <laughs> Whenever he's not being talked about, imagine that that's what he's doing. Uh, so he comes back to find her in tears and he is in despair and like to die at her feet. What's wrong? Did someone not respect you? As you are due? He says to her, all prepared to just be dead because she's sad. And that's normal when you just meet somebody. And she says, no, I have no complaints. I'm just not used to living with ghosts and t t talking sheep and everything is terrifying. And I want to go back to the world. I want to live with ghosts and talking sheep. Yeah, that sounds rad as fuck ungrateful princess don't be afraid said the ram 
just listen to me and learn my sad story, and that'll make you want to stay. Emma's not totally a fucking red flag, waving wildly. Yeah, I, if, <laughs> if experience is uh, anything to go off of, that has always made me want to stay. Right, like, one, being told not to be afraid when I am. Um, definitely works wonders and very helpful yeah good advice and like can i can i tell you my personal traumas and tragedies person i just met how about that what if we did that (laughs) so Mm -hmm. now we have our first experience of the dalinois story within a story i am a prince he said taking three fucking sentences to do so i was loved and feared (laughs) and envied it has been said there was never a king so worthy of esteem as me. And I also, I wasn't bad looking. It's not ill looking. <laughs> Pretty handsome, actually. Sexy as fuck. If I don't say so myself. Yeah. And I do. Like, what a fucking narcissistic way to, to start off your story. Yeah, I was pretty hot and and everyone said that there was no king worthier of esteem. You should probably like me. I was hot and flawless. Alas, I am not anymore. (laughs) I was fond of hunting, and one day I got a little too far from my companions when I was chasing after a deer. I saw the deer plunge into a pond, and I spurred my horse, but when I went in, instead of cool water, I experienced extraordinary heat. It was lava. (laughs) No one had ever taught me how to identify lava, and everything everything that pooled on the ground I figured was pond. (laughs) That deer chose lava over me. I'm so great. Uh, So the pond dried up, and through a flaming opening, I fell to the bottom of a precipice that was, like, on fire. There's fire everywhere. Like, basically, you fell into hell, essentially. So I thought it was the end, and then a voice said, Less fire than this ungrateful man would never warm your heart. So I was like, what the fuck? Who's saying I'm (laughs) cold-hearted? Everybody loves me. Who are you? Show yourself. And the voice answered, I am an unhappy lady who loves you without hope. Then the fire went out, and I saw a fairy that I'd known from youth, whose age and ugliness always disgusted me. I'm such a good person. Everybody (laughs) loves me. She was leaning on a beautiful slave. Also, her name was Regat. Or, as I believe we renamed her in our first episode, Ragu. Yes. Good old Ragu. (laughs) So I was like, what the fuck, Ragu? And she was like, Did you not know my feelings toward you? Must I undergo the shame of expressing them? Do I have to tell you things for you to know them? Do I have to tell you everything? Have my eyes lost all their power? Think how I humble myself in confessing my weakness to you. Because even though you are a great king, and so handsome, and good butt, you are less than an ant before a fairy like me. I like to believe that this has happened once a week ever since he was old enough to start hunting. (laughs) This is how, this is how his Sundays go. (laughs) I also enjoy this version of love where it's like, yeah, I love you and you're the worst. (laughs) Like, I respect nothing about you, but damn, that butt is fine. Again, the the teen romance novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am whatever you want to call me, I said impatiently. But what do you want with me? Crown, towns, or treasures? Which will it be? <laughs> you. The Myth Times version of Ass, Gas, or Grass. <laughs> yes. Basically, yes. <laughs> towns, crowns, or treasure. <laughs> 
You wretch, she replied disdainfully. My scullions could be more powerful than you if I chose to th them to be. I want your heart. And probably your, like, your peeper. Like, metaphorically? Or... Give me that, give me that good beepus. Like, metaphorically? <laughs> My <laughs> eyes begged thousands of times and you didn't hear them. <laughs> or didn't wish to, probably, more like. If you had been engaged to another, I would let it go and be, be fine with it. But mm -hmm. I've been too eager in stalking you all the time like a creep ass not to know how generally indifferent you are. Now... Love me, she added, screwing up her mouth to make it prettier and rolling her eyes. Which I like. I love as an image so much. <laughs> Just like and, and rolling her eyes around. I assume <laughs> like that's her version of batting her eyelashes. <laughs> Check this shit out. I could do donuts with my eyeballs. I'll be your little ragout and. Add twenty kingdoms, a hundred towers of gold, or whatever you wish to your possession. Just give me that beefus. Madame Ragu, I answered, it is not the bottom of a hole where I thought I was to be roasted that I would wish to make a declaration to a lady of your merit. Charm, charm, charm. I beg by all the charms that make you adorable to set me free, and then we can plan together what I can do to please you. Far away from here. Maybe in separate rooms. Maybe really far away from one another, forever, for the rest of time. You traitor. If you loved me, you wouldn't try to go back to your kingdom. You'd be happy with me in a box. You'd be happy with me with a fox. You'd be happy in a house. You'd be happy with a mouse. You'd be happy here or there. You'd be happy anywhere. Don't think I'm so easily tricked. You're planning to escape, but I warn you, you must stay here. And the first thing you have to do is keep my sheep. <laughs> they speak at least as well as you. You're dumber than a sheep. I love you. You're so hot. <laughs> so she took me here and where we are now, and she showed me her flock, but I paid no attention because that hot slave was doing it for me, let me tell you. Like, she was... Choice. Good, 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 sexy slave. Uh, so what? Remember, okay. remember the, the ugly fairy was like leaning on a hot yeah, slave? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like she's, she's not. And just like ducking behind them every once in a while to maybe confuse him. Yeah, just like. Of, of who he was talking to. Visual association, like puppeting her. Like that, yeah. that whole speech, she was just like puppeting this, the, the hot girl at him uh, just to visually confuse him. So, yeah, I was. She caught me ogling. She didn't like that. Which is, like, I, I guess, a big surprise. Um, <laughs> so she pulled out a bodkin, which is a sharp hairpiece or a dagger, depending on uh, what your, your kink is. Uh, and she stabbed <laughs> it in the slave girl's eyes and killed her on the spot. Wow! Whoa! <laughs> okay. Uh, no, thank you. So I attacked her with my spear. <laughs> but you know she's got magic so uh -huh. so that didn't really work out for me she just kind of froze me where I stood and I was trying to find a way to kill myself because that's like my only answer to things um, <laughs> and she said well I wish I wish you to recognize my power it's sheep time for you boyo so here I am and I'm, I'm not a sheep but I can still talk 
and feel miserable. Brood, brood, brood. <laughs> she sentenced me to five years of sheep so she could take some time out of sight of my handsome face and think of nothing but the hate she has for me while eating Ben and Jerry's. Um, do you think it was Ragu that also gave... Um, man, I feel bad for that monkey because I did already forget his name. Grabugion and Tintin. Grabugion and Tintin. Did, did Ragu give them the gift of speech? Oh, she's the only fairy who's mentioned in this story, so I'm going to go with yes. She's maybe just like a really whimsical fairy. And you get speech, and you get speech, and you get turned into a sheep because you wouldn't bone me. Well, it turns out that all these sheep had offended her in some way, and they all got arbitrary sheep time as punishment. Uh, sometimes one will regain their former shape and leave the flock. Just, like, turn into a prince man again. Wander I, off. I do love that aspect <laughs> of the story. That, like, every once in a while we do get to see one of them clock out. Like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Good, goodbye. Uh, others here are rivals or enemies of Ragat, who she killed, who will remain lifeless for a century or less, and then return to the world and be fine. That's There's just corpses about? Those are the shadows. The, oh. the like, hot nymphs and things that keep serving her. And gotcha. That she cried about. Like the young slave she killed. I see her sometimes, and always with pleasure. Because, again... <laughs> That's gotta be awkward. Uh, but it turns out she's just a shadow, so I can't tap that. And I did notice that one of the sheep was constantly by her ghost side, and I divined that he was her lover, and Regat had taken him away from her. And that's, like, how they got involved with each other. Uh, so I keep apart. He's had a lot of time to think about all this. Yeah. I don't know how many... I think it's been three years, is what he said. To just deduce all this. Yeah. So I keep apart from her, because I'm a bro like that. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna needle in on another sheep's... Uh, dead woman shadow how how chivalrous <laughs> yeah so for three years i've longed for nothing but liberty which is why i throw these red ice cream parties in the forest i guess she realized that that the first entrance of this sheep being like an ice cream party <laughs> card game underneath a gold <laughs> pavilion doesn't really like fit in with the whole uh, the misery part yeah brooding romantic lead that she was going for, so it's like, well, I just, I just have sherbets to make me feel better. It never works until I saw you. Sometimes I'd see you in a chariot that you drive with more skill than the sun drives his chariot. Sometimes I'd see you on a horse untamable by any other than you. Other times, running with the princesses of your court, and I was like, yeah, baby. And I made secret vows to you, but I didn't speak to you, because how would you receive the declaration of a miserable ram like me? Is any of that true? I doubt it. Like, none of that Is matches that... <laughs> the characterization of this person that we see before us. Because that, that makes her seem like a bold and fearless individual who can, like, ride... To just hop on a horse, a wild horse? Yeah, like, that's a different princess. Yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a totally that's the second sister that he's been voting. Yeah, maybe after. he's confusing who she is. Yeah, I, yeah. Second sister has the untamable spirit and can ride ponies really well and have crafts and things. Yeah, this one's afraid of everything. If this were a better story, that would have been a good twist. It would have been. He just saw all three sisters individually doing different things and assumed they were the same person. I fell in love with you when I saw you riding an untamable horse and crying in the bushes. And making crafts at your little table. <laughs> and she just doesn't say anything about, like, I don't do any of that. 
She was so troubled by literally every damn word coming out of his mouth, because most of them are red flags, like pretty <laughs> big ones. Um, so she didn't know how to answer. She's got some some sense to <laughs> recognize it. Theoretically. But she did express herself pleasantly enough to leave him some hope. So I don't know if like that's the case <laughs> where like you're a, a woman being like hit on by a dude. You're like, I don't know. I don't know if like rejecting you is going to be insta murder. So I the, I got to play nice. Him down easy yeah, pitfall. yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but she he gets he still has hope, and she says, oh, "Okay, um, I fear the shadows less now that I know that they're not perma dead and will come back to life." I mean, that seems like actually a pretty, pretty nice thing that the fairy has done for them, really. Yeah. Her rival, like, I, like she maybe suspiciously she killed them, yeah. But like they just get like a century or so of being dead, and then they they get another chance. It's better than most people get. And then she's like, "Man, I wish my friends who just killed themselves in front of me this morning uh, could have this whole like <laughs> we're given that opportunity, yeah, rebirth option." In spite of his misfortunes, which of course were many and, and pitiable, and everyone should love him. Uh, King Ram did have some massive privileges, which include, like, ghostifying folk. So he sent a fine-looking sheep to fetch the shades of the dead girl, the monkey, and the dog to come entertain their princess. So I guess they do that, but they aren't worth any other mention, because that's the last we hear of them. So she just has ghosts performing for her. So they get tra- A ghost the size of her fist. Yeah, so the ghosts get trapped down there to entertain and comfort her, whether or not they wanted that. And King Ram was very intelligent and charming, and he loved her. <laughs> they got dragged out of heaven. <laughs> no! We, we have to serve again? Honestly, we killed ourselves to get away from her. Do you know how exhausting it is? She's afraid of everything. Um, and the, the ram loved her so passionately that she eventually came to be I'm like, a dog, and she's afraid of everything. <laughs> it was annoying to me, a dog. So he loved her so passionately that she, like, gets worn down by it. And she's like, yeah, I guess this is fine. I mean, it's awfully interesting when someone's interested in you, right? Like, that's, that's appealing. And besides, says Dalnois to us, the reader, who could help loving a pretty sheep who is gentle and affectionate? Especially knowing he's a king and a hot one who's not going to sheep forever. So you should also be in love with him. Reader, dear reader. I feel I am. Thank you. Love my brooding OC. Listen, if it'll get you to shut up, I'll do anything. <laughs> it won't. Nothing will. <laughs> so Merv spent her days at sheep banquets and sheep concerts and sheep hunts, where I assume the sheep are doing the hunting. I don't know what they're hunting. Each other. <laughs> For sport. It's the sheep purge. The most dangerous game. Until one day a courier comes by and says, hey, your sister's getting married. And man, the wedding prep is just like off the chain. Uh, So she starts pouting that she never gets to see fine things. She's just stuck down here with shadows and sheep while her sister gets appareled like a king, a queen, and everyone gets to come pay pay her respects. And she doesn't. Boo hoo hoo. My only entertainment are sheep hunting one another. (laughs) And then putting on a sweet Bon Jovi concert. So the king of sheep is like, no one said you couldn't go. Like, we didn't imprison you down here. We've been, we've actually been working pretty hard to fucking entertain you, really. <laughs> Thank you very much. Just do promise to come back, or I will die. 
I will die without you. This this is a healthy relationship. That's always an indicator. Right. Like that's that's a great sign if someone is so attached to you that that they will die. And she's touched by this because uh teen romance novel. Like, oh, how romantic. If I'm not around, you'll just perish. Oh, titillating. Um, so she promised that nothing would hinder her return, and she dressed herself superbly, forgetting nothing that could add to her beauty. In case we forgot that little tidbit. And then she drove away in a mother-of-pearl coach drawn by six dun-colored hippogriffs. So I guess they've upgraded from goats and a pumpkin sometime in the past year or so. She arrived just as a marriage ceremony was happening. She upstaged the whole marriage thing with her fashionably late entrance, and everybody turned and gaped at her. And was like, oh my, who's this? And her older sister's like, oh, god damn it. (laughs) I finally got dad to buy me a new dress, and no one gives a shit. I thought I was rid of her. Uh, She left early so that no one would stop her, and uh, she left behind a coral box ornamented with emeralds on top of it, on which was written, jewels for the bride and diamonds. It was written in diamonds? Yeah, they like bedazzled it on on the lid of this box. I guess it did. Well, never mind. Were were the diamonds better than the gift? I I, I don't know. Inside? Because that would be hilarious. um, It's it's quite a a risk that you run. (laughs) If the the note is better than the gift? Yeah, like if you're gonna send like a diamond note, then I think the gift behind it had better be pretty good. Well, uh, I I guess it was because they opened it, and would you like to guess what's inside? She said jewels. Right. Um, now replacement AirPods. <laughs> Probably you're both right because all that was given as a description here was what was there not inside. Okay. Because <laughs> apparently Donois, who can describe a room for half a page, ran out of descriptive juices here. It's like, oh, the reader's imagination will fill in what wondrous gifts, because I can't think of what would be, like, That's the most terrifying box I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, like, it's got everything. It's like, ah, oh, beautiful jewels and also a rat corpse. What isn't there in here? The sun. Everyone is dead. She just, like, opened the box under the lobster tart diamonds rain. <laughs> And like whatever whatever it picked up in the storm she closed the box and was like that'll do we got a little bit of uh of buttery crustacean in here yeah a lobster hops out and pinches you but also feeds you a tart and there's a diamond attached to it you choke on the diamond and there's some sausage in sausage in there getting uh, all greasy on top of some gold so at least the diamond goes down smooth yeah so the king's like, well, that one was interesting. If we get to see her again, lock all the doors so she's imprisoned here and I get to talk to her, because that's how I know how to interact with fucking people. Uh, though it had been a short visit to part of a wedding, it felt like more than a century to the ram. So romantic. He's emaciated. And he waited for her by a stream in the thickest part of the forest, and he spread out vast treasures to thank her for coming home when she got back. It's just like a huge welcome home gift smorgasbord. When he saw her, he ran over, leaping and bounding like a real ram, or, you know, like a stoic Roman senator, whichever descriptor you want for him. Like, what's what's hotter for you? Just imagine that. And uh, he caressed her tenderly and then lay down at her feet, kissing her hands and just generally being a lot, like super extra. Um, yeah. But apparently doing that eloquently <clears throat> because she is into it. Materialism is a hell of a drug, isn't it? <laughs> 
seems that way. Like I, I won't deny that I enjoy purchasing and owning things. I definitely do. But whenever these stories describe like mountains of treasures being prepared for someone and just all of this just being extra in this way it just makes me tired (laughs) yeah Yeah. to imagine myself in those person's shoes yeah like eventually to be inundated by just things yeah you you can't you'll you'll never value it all begins to mean nothing yeah it's it's like it's like when you go to a lot of art museums or you see just like a lot of of beautiful vistas all at the same time like the first couple it's astounding and wondrous uh, and then over time, you're just like, my feet hurt. And <laughs> all the mountains look the same. All the paintings are blending together. I know this is incredible. I cannot appreciate any of it anymore. Like, even if it was all the stuff that I enjoy most in life, mm-hmm. if you gave it all to me at once, I don't think I would enjoy that. Yeah, it's, it's just overwhelming. And where do you where do you begin? And And then you have, like, that weird guilt feeling where now you're just kind of worried about how you're reacting to the thing so you don't get am i not appreciating this right so you don't get to have any actual genuine enjoyment of it there's just like this weird expectation from the person who just keeps dumping stuff on you just like oh my god i gotta i gotta be appreciative of this but i am exhausted and where am i gonna put this the entire thing is a play and not a very good one so after some time the king arranged the marriage of his second daughter the cool one um yeah so Merv begged the ram to let her go, and he felt a secret warning of evil to come. This is a reminder. Flip the couch cushions. Alexa. <laughs> An Stop. evil reminder of things to come. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel about most of my reminders. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he loved her more than his own comfort. It's such a sacrifice here. And he's like, well, if you... If you wish to leave me, I get it. I am a sheep after all, and not a handsome boy. I don't blame you for it at all, but I I do know that I will never make a greater sacrifice than letting you go here. Toxic as fuck. Seems like a low bar also. Yeah, it does. I mean, they are royalty, and we have seen seen where, like, their reality shift is. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's like, no, no, it's okay. I'll be fast. Any delay is going to be a pain to me as well. Like, it hurts to be parted from you. We are so very much in love. Please, please don't be anxious. Please. She has all of this written on her hand. Yeah. <laughs> please, please calm down. Please, please, please. Uh, so she shows up as before, fashionably late, and everyone's immediately like, oh, who is that hottie? Is she even mortal? Oh, my. <laughs> so good and the best and wonderful. She reminds us of this, this lady we've heard of. I'm sure that's nothing. It's fine. Um, so the king, Coincidence, sure. Yeah, so the king didn't take his eyes off her, except to uh, order that all the doors are shut to detain her. <laughs> so she gets up toward the end of the ceremony to leave, and then she's like, oh no, the doors are closed. How, how do I doors? Oh no, what a fire hazard we've created in here. Oh my. I don't know that they're locked or barred or anything. It just says that they're shut. I'm sure that they are, but I, I do like the idea that, that like he just closed the doors and she has never figured out how to get out of a space without someone opening a door for her. It even says pull on them, but she's pushing. Yeah, she's like, how do I do this? And she just claws sadly <laughs> at them like a rat in a cage. Like, oh no, how do I get out of here? Please open door, please, please. So the king 
who, like, by all accounts thus far is kind of a slimy bastard, greets her with great respect and humility, begs her to stay for the feast, and brings her a golden ewer to wash her hands. You look filthy. <laughs> have you been doing crafts, my dear? Have, have, you, have you been hanging out with sheep for most of your life? You smell like lanolin. <laughs> so the king, he brings out the golden ewer, and, and she's like, Daddy, this is my dream that I had that made you want to kill me. It's this exactly. And it's happening uh, for real. I'm oh. I'm the prophet. You said that the, the second sister spoke like an oracle, but turns out I'm the prophet after all. Twas me. <laughs> and her sister up at the altar is like, I'm right here. Oh my god. Can I have one day of attention, maybe? Well, just one. Just one. If, on On this... The day of my shit happening. <laughs> he's like, oh shit, daughter. I like You did remind me of her. Uh, and you are her, so that makes sense. Um, <laughs> it's all coming together I, I, up here in King Brain. Look, I'm, I'm real sorry about all that. Because I thought that your dream meant that it meant the loss of my crown. And so I was ready to kill you for it. But, but can you give, forgive me? Because uh, it turns out the dream does mean the loss of my crown, because I'm giving it to you. Now that your sisters are both married, both of them have a crown, so mine's for you. Not in a creepy way, this isn't donkey skin, but, I mean, kind of bordering on it a little bit. Uh, So he put the crown on her head and declared her queen, and the court is like, yay, and the sisters are like, yay, and they're not at all upset that she's totally upstaged both their special days, now, like, more supremely than ever. Not only upstaged their days, upstaged their crowns. Yeah. Like, what a what a shit thing to do at your sister's wedding. <laughs> and what a shit thing to do at your daughter's wedding. It's like, oh, yeah, you got married. You got a crown now. You're set. You, favorite daughter I wanted dead so long ago. Um, so she's all happy reconnecting with people. And I guess the attempted murder is water under the bridge immediately because she got a gift. And she's a little bit bummed to discover that the captain of the guards is dead. But we don't know how. Like It's not remarked upon beyond her asking after him and they're being like, yeah, he, he croaked. I imagine the um, the tongue and heart situation didn't pan out yeah, well for him. Because I, I don't know if he took the the dog's tongue and heart and tried with that one or, or what the deal was. But yeah, he's just dead. So yeah, this king has blood on his hands. But she's chill with him because he did at the start too. Yeah, that's true. He was in war. Yeah. Uh, at he did he did do that at dinner? She gave the story of where she's been, and she told it with perfect grace, and everybody paid attention to her, and nobody complained about her long room descriptions or the fact that it took her three sentences to say that somebody's a prince, and everybody appreciated her writing, and she is the best, and she won a lot of awards. <laughs> I mean, it is such a fascinating story that we have now listened to it twice. <laughs> Uh, so she forgot how much... T- so they have a point, is what I mean. Yeah. She forgot how much time had passed, as you do when you get back together with old friends for the first time since one of, th- one of them tried to have you murdered. Uh, and the ram saw that the hour that she was supposed to come back had passed, and he, he was like, oh no, she doesn't love me anymore because I'm a sheep, and that hasn't been a problem until now, but now it is suddenly. What will I do without her? Ragu, you cruel fairy, what a revenge you've taken on me! <laughs> So the sheep mourned for a long time, and the night came on, so a long time means like maybe a couple hours max, if this was an afternoon <laughs> wedding. 
So he runs to the king's palace and he asks for her, but everyone at this point had heard her story and they were like, ah, we don't really approve of the bestiality undertones in it. (laughs) So we're not going to let you see her. So they heard the story, but they didn't actually hear the story because he isn't a ram. Yeah. (laughs) He just appears as one. Yeah. Yeah. They heard, but did not comprehend. They were just too busy (laughs) listening to her beautiful voice. And her lovely descriptions of lobster rain. They just liked the way that she said, ragu. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the sound of uh, a crystal glass being, uh, (laughs) just like having your finger rubbed around it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ragu. Uh, I mean, I like that sound. Yeah, it's a nice sound. His cries and laments would have moved anyone but these guards who were immovable. And then, overcome by sorrow, he threw himself down on the ground and died. (laughs) Meanwhile, the king and Merv were not aware of this tragedy happening outside the doors because the king wanted to show her off in a coach ride through town. He's like, I got my favorite daughter back. Let's put- Hop in this whip! (laughs) Let's pile some of your dresses into this coach and show you off. (laughs) When they came back, there was her lover, dead on the pavement in front of the gates. So she threw. I love that part too. Still, <laughs> yeah. unmoved. That yeah, that is good. Yeah, the guards are still just standing there by the sheep corpse. Well, we'll call. We're not paid enough for this. We'll call animal control in the morning, I guess. I, I that is also very relatable. <laughs> like they, they are. Not I was not hired to enough. deal with this. Yeah. Uh, so she threw herself out of the coach and ran to him, weeping and groaning because she knew it was her fault he was dead for delaying. It's all her fault that this sheep couldn't wait an extra hour or two to see her in the one day out of like a year or so that they have been together. All her fault. In her despair, she was like to die herself. Don't know if she does, though, because now we get to the moral of the story. This is a striking example that people of the highest rank are subject, like others, to fortune's blows, and often the worst luck comes to those just when they think all their wishes are about to be fulfilled. Duh. The end. We rich people have it bad sometimes, too. Knowing what we know of Donwa's life now, after these, these six years of occasionally bumping into her at parties six years of her being an angel and a devil on our shoulders (laughs) like that is still not relatable this this story is definitely written with the fucking chip of the century on her shoulder um i wonder how like how shortly after her husband's like excommunication or whatever it was she pinned this one down like i have it tough too you guys it was the day after i might be perfect and lovable and tell stories that everybody's enraptured at at dinner and like just a delight in every way but i have it rough too and sometimes things get taken away from me that i really like boo hoo hoo now let's sing imagine together as we get through this (laughs) This we're all in it together yes we're all in it together you, me, and Daldois. <laughs> Experiencing life exactly the same way. <laughs> Sorry, I just imagined a you, me, and Dupree, but it's Daldois on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the full tale. A little bit of extra juice. Of the wonderful sheep. I feel like a kind of puzzle box. 
that has been in my brain for six years has been unlocked. Yeah. Because um, I knew there was more in there. Some part of me knew. There's Yeah, there's no way we were going to get through a Dolma tale in just an hour. Not not correctly, anyway. So we have <laughs> we've fixed the mistakes of our past. Now we're fixing our own stories. I think we have said um a lot less in this recording also, so. Probably. Good for us. So. And even if we didn't, I definitely cut them. Hooray. Yeah, report back after you work your way through this Count. nightmare. Count the ums. <laughs> what new things have we learned? Oh, we have definitely learned about lobster rains. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the characters are a lot more unlikable hearing more of them. There are a lot of those, yes. Uh, this time we we paid attention to the other sisters at all, so I do like second sister. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she got fleshed out a bit. Yeah. I do like the idea of a craft table at a wedding. I think that's that nice, that's charming. Yeah. I don't know. That... <clears throat> did the king, did he really just need some time to process the loss of his crown? Do we think? Like, like how long? how long was she gone for? Roughly, would you say? I mean, enough. To... It was. It was years, right? Maybe it wasn't. It was less than two years because the uh, the sheep was on a five year sheep contract, and he was three yeah. years in when she met. Um, so it was definitely less yeah, than two so... years. I mean, be... well, that would add to the tragedy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was, he was it's only... the day before his he retirement. He was two <laughs> days from sheep retirement. <laughs> <laughs> almost. I mean, it's always the way. He was almost out of it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, for our narrative purposes, I would say two years is is reasonable, and it's like one marriage per year on the sisters. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was enough time for him to come to terms with the loss of his crown. Well, also, like, the only thing he was coming back for was her, so I guess after she disappeared, maybe he realized that, like, governing a country is not nearly as exciting if you, if, like, what, why am I even doing this if it doesn't mean... Don't it always seem to go, Counting Crows? <laughs> Caressing my one daughter more than the others and giving her more dresses than the others and just kind of like trying to cause sibling rivalries where I can for my own entertainment. <laughs> well, we could get deep into some psychoanalysis on, uh, analysis on the king. The wife isn't in the picture at all. There's no mom happening here. It's true. So I want... Yeah, I imagined when he was speaking to himself rather than a cat, which was my, my jape at the time. Uh, probably he's talking to like a portrait of his late wife right so i mean i think maybe a youngest daughter in his head became almost a replacement for her which is why there's some slightly probably heavily resembles her yeah and and maybe was the cause of her death because like dying in childbirth was a a pretty common thing yeah if you're gonna chance it three times back then yeah you're you're up in your your uh your risk there um so Maybe that's why she's so precious to him, because she's the last bit mm-hmm. of his wife that he's got, and that's why we also get those creepy, like, bordering on donkey skin undertones <laughs> in there a little bit. Luckily not going full donkey skin, because woof, but... <laughs> but just teetering on the edge. So Donwa has, a, like, single-handedly invented both the young A, the YA uh, romance <laughs> genre and fan mm-hmm. fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, she wrote the first Hotel Transylvania, <laughs> which is basically what we just described. Yeah, what is Hotel Transylvania? Uh, it's that Sony animated Adam Sandler franchise about him Google being it, Dracula but, and but running a hotel in Transylvania. That 
and he's very precious about his daughter because she reminds him so much of his late wife this this is getting a lot worse with each each new detail (laughs) yeah and and like legitimately she invented fairy tales so like this she is a powerhouse in the literary field Mm-hmm. So great respect for this nightmare of a woman who takes three sentences to say that somebody's a prince. <laughs> but runs out of descriptive energy for what's in a box. Like I said, she is the angel and the devil. <laughs> she truly, truly is. Well, I think we're... She is both in one, yeah. She is She is duality and dichotomy. <laughs> uh, do either of you have final thoughts for this, our 300th episode? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're all thought out. that's it well thank you everyone for sticking with us for 300 episodes plus non-canon additions thank you for like listening to our voices for 12 and a half solid days if you have listened to the full (laughs) full and maybe more if you've listened more than once yeah some of you do that some have purported to do yeah you guys are champions i don't want to spend that much time with me (laughs) <laughs> so like we're forced to yeah like we're trapped in this we live in these bodies <laughs> uh thank you to you two also for going on this journey with me um for six years like it's it has been a highlight of my week to be able to sit down and torture you with fairy tales <laughs> for an hour or so um yeah thanks it's been great it's it's yep <laughs> Quite a, quite a journey we have all been on. I, I do love you both very much. Well, thank you. And to you two as well. Uh, thank you. And to all of you out there, thanks. Yeah, just thanks. <laughs> uh, thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show and helping to keep us going. Uh, we don't do advertisements or anything, so that is uh, that is our financial support for this for six years. So thank you. Um, Thank you for uh, everyone who's talked about the show, shared it, tormented their friends with it repeatedly. Uh, We really appreciate that as well. Uh, It is is all of you that have helped us keep going for as long as we have. You're the ones who've tied us to these chairs and trapped (laughs) us for an hour a week. Um, So thank you for that. And thank you to our top-tier patrons, Biblio Princess, Trickery Treats, Heerius, Pink Nectary, Oobaloo in honor of my father sending me a ficus for Valentine's Day, Becca, a friendly lobster. Kelly. Elizabeth's astonishment was beyond expression. She stared, colored, doubted, and was silent. Katarina. Funky little strawberry. Spaghetto drinking deep at the trial of gender fluids. Caitlin. Danielle. Wyatt. A moth in a cult robe. Olwyn. Queen of, queen of terrible taste. Allie. Detroit become crab. Cobus cat. Suddenly. July. The curse is lifted. Vespa is free. Versus. <laughs> Keeper of too many OC. Pyrus. Nathan the Scott. Alex. Banjo bug. Dave holding his hand over a flame until the flame gives up. Maya, <laughs> Grey, Goetic Prince of the Arcane, High Listus of Wimbus, Little Smorgasbord, Haley, Dominic, Justin, Ladybug, Izzy, Heather, High Meow Lady of the Cult of Cricket, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, thanks, Doug. The other angel and demon on the shoulder. <laughs> Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank you, Roald Doll. Thank you, Roald Doll. Thank you, Roald Doll. Thank you, the Neon. Thank you, the Neon. Thank you to the Neon. It's been a minute. I forgot <laughs> about the Neon. Thank you, Knives. Thank you, Knives. Thank you, Knives. Thank you, Yonder Toad. Thank you, Yonder Toad. Thank you, Yonder Toad. Thank you, Hither Toad. Thank you, Hither Toad. Thank you, Hither Toad. We should bring them back. <laughs> Thank you, Mother Wimbus. Thank you, Mother Wimbus. 
thank you, Mother Wimbus. Thank you, Project Birdfall. Thank you, Project Birdfall. Thank you, Myth Times. Thank you, Myth Times. Thank you, Ancient Lies. Thank you, Ancient Lies. Thank you, Shitbird. Thank you, Shitbird. Thank you, Crime. Thank you, Crime. Thank you, Good Bus Very Fast. Thank you, Good Bus Very Fast. May your wheels ever turn. Thank you, Cult of the Diabolical Slow. I'm not thinking that one. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, da- thank you, Dow of Meatcraft. Thank you, Piss Jamboree. Thank you, Bee Cult. Thank you, Book Cult. Thank you, Crab Cult. Thank you, Cult Cult. Thank you, Hot Grew. Thank you, Cult of the Moon Ogre. Thank you, Cult of the Slice. Thank you, Toujours Vogue. Thank you, Yarn Cult. Thank you, Perez the Mouse. Thank you, Slugabill. Thank you, Dulnoir. Thank you, Cricket. Thank you, Freybug. Thank you, Grimoire Highwind. Thank you, Spooktralizer. Thank you, Spooktraloki. Thank you, Spooktrafenrir. Thank you, Immortal Bony. Thank you, Baba Yaga. Thank you, Robber Girl. Thank you, Unanana. Thank you, Ravensbane. Thank you, Cherry Man. Thank you, Old News. Thank you, Magatine. Thank you, Temp Tiger. Thank you, Entry Level Lion. Thank you, Fairy of the Desert. Thank you, Yellow Dwarf. Thank you, Lettuce. Thank you, Pagodas. Thank you, Marionettes. Thank you, Bell Horse. Thank you, Pig Forest. Thank you, The Brave Little Tailor. Thank you, The Brave Little Toaster. Thank you, Weeble Wobble Weeble Wobble. Thank you, Moment of Silenced Goat. Thank you, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Thank you, Christopher Lloyd. Thank you, Wellwas. Thank you, Greg the Ogre. Thank you, Snakes. Thank you, Princess Barcodes. Thank you, The Greenish Bird. Thank you, Lamp. Thank you, Daystar. Thank you, Day Boy. Thank you, Night Girl. Thank you, Label Maker. Thank you, Label Table. Thank you, Ramblecasts. Thank you, Aubrey Plaza. Thank you, Mary Berry. Thank you, Bobby Flay. Thank you, Jane Eyre. Thank you, Charlotte Bronte. Thank you, Panda Express. Thank you, Taco Bell. Thank you, Crag Hags. Thank you, Smash Mouth. Thank you, Monkey King. Thank you, The Jade Emperor. Thank you, Jaeger Sandmouths. Thank you, Grugok. Thank you, Three Owls in a Trench Coat. Thank you, Dr. Lope MD. Thank you, Dr. No Bones. Thank you, Dr. Some Bones. Thank you, Secret Agent Secret. Thank you, Queen Elizabeth's Oscar Picks. Thank you, Posthumous Esquires. Thank you, the Westberto Babnest Birch. Thank you, Woman Sucks on Her Finger for Eight Days and Pushes It Through a Keyhole.com. Thank you, Dick Whittington. Thank you, Joseph Campbell. Thank you, Joe Hayes. Thank you, The Brothers Grimm. Thank you, Mother Goose. Thank you, Bouncing Baby Abomination. Thank you, Breadtown. Thank you, Barold. Thank you, The Yolo King. Thank you, Dr. Seuss. Thank you, Thumble Journey McInerney. Thank you, Phantom of the Kmart. Thank you, Beantown. Thank you, King Bean. Thank you, Golden Apples. Thank you, King Quests. Thank you, Royalty Playpens. Thank you, Cake Boss. Thank you, Jebediarina. Thank you, Satan. Thank you, Captain Planet. Thank you, Captain Crunch. Thank you, Uther Pendragon. Thank you, the Wii U. Thank you, Netrunner. 
Thank you, jelly beans. Thank you, spoons. Thank you, farmers. Thank you, thieves. Thank you, wives. Thank you, honkable noses. Thank you, honkable buttons. Thank you, Tamagotchi. Thank you, rock, paper, scissors. Thank you, Berenstain Bears. Thank you, Storks. Thank you, Danny DeVito. Thank you, Free Associated Word Garbage. Thank you, Mr. Bucket. Thank you, Air Bud. Thank you, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Thank you, Get Bear. Thank you, Have Bear. Thank you, Keep Bear. Thank you, The Punzel 5000. Thank you, Pokemon Stars and Stripes. Thank you, Pokemon Gun. Thank you, Wooper. Thank you, Pitch Filet. Thank you, Toilets. Thank you, Fever Dreams. Thank you, Ray Romano. Thank you, Brad Garrett. Thank you, Phil Collins. Thank you, Peter Gabriel. Thank you, InSync. Thank you, Skater Boy. Thank you, Fairies. Thank you, Midwives. Thank you, Shrek. Thank you, Leonard Cohen. Thank you, Jurassic Park. Thank you, Van Helsing. Thank you, WebMD. Thank you, Skeleton. Thank you, Cryptids. Thank you, Hair Diaper. Thank you, Corpses. Thank you, Wolves. Thank you, Dragon Ball Z. Thank you, Sonic the Hedgehog. Thank you, The Unicorn Situation. Thank you, Benjamin Button. Thank you, Reading Rainbow. Thank you, Gary Gygax. Thank you, Tom Bombadil. Thank you, Elves. Thank you, Wizards. Thank you, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Thank you, Government Grants. Thank you, Waffles. Thank you, Sexual Fetishes. Thank you, Vor. Thank you, Michael Keaton. Thank you, Space Jam. Thank you, Genies. Thank you, Yu-Gi-Oh. Thank you, Sharks. Thank you, Gravity. Thank you, Frogs. Thank you, Soup. Thank you, Nanobots. Thank you, God. Thank you, Snail Law. Thank you, Sports Ball. Thank you, Mr. Miyagi. Thank you, Potato Salad. Thank you, Bioluminescence. Thank you, Sheep. Thank you, Poop. Thank you, Bodacious Pyramids. Thank you, Georgia Parking Lots. Thank you, Google. <clears throat> Thank you, Ebenezer Scrooge. Thank you, Momotaro. Thank you, Glue Scap. Thank you, Tim Curry. Thank you, Gwyneth Paltrow. Thank you, Goop. Thank you, Pleather. Thank you, Magic. Thank you, Rasputin. Thank you, Botany. Thank you, Astronauts. Thank you, Holes of All Kinds. Thank you, Atlantis. Thank you, Balls of All Kinds. Thank you, Goose Curses. Thank you, The Walt Disney Corporation. Thank you, Insane Clown Posse. Thank you, Science. Thank you, Centaurs. Thank you, Immortan Joe. Thank you, Fan Fiction. Thank you, Dank Memes. Thank you, Eggs. Thank you, Questionable SEO. Thank you, Blood Sports. Thank you, Doomsday Preppers. Thank you, Flat Earthers. Thank you, Conspiracy Theories. Thank you, Jet Fuel. Thank you, Steel Beams. Thank you, Garlic. Thank you, France. Thank you, Japan. Thank you, Czechoslovakia. Thank you, Denmark. Thank you, South Africa. Thank you, Mexico. Thank you, Steve Buscemi. Thank you, Yog Sothoth. Thank you, Hell Taxes. Thank you, Food Fight. Thank you, That One Wolf Who Did All the Work That One Time. Thank you, Joe Pesci. Thank you, Rome 2 Electric Boogaloo. Thank you, H.R. Geeker. Thank you, Osmosis Jones. Thank you, Kanye West. Thank you, Jeff Bridges. Thank you, Tarantino. Thank you, Ouroboros. 
Thank you, Quarrelsome Neighbors. Thank you, Hitherto Unmentioned Troll Witches. Thank you, Captain Lion. Thank you, The Word Erudite. Thank you, Ghost Babes. Thank you, All Other Ghosts. Thank you, Sea Biscuit. Thank you, All Other Horses. Thank you, Wu-Tang Clan. Thank you, Dora the Explorer. Thank you, Blues Clues. Thank you, Bicentennial Man. Thank you, Blockbuster Video. Thank you, Pig Latin. <clears throat> Thank you, Hardvark. Thank you, Skee-Ball. Thank you, Sweeney Todd. Thank you, Hot Topic. Thank you, Ninjas. Thank you, Final Fantasy. Thank you, Final Fantasy 2. Thank you, Final Fantasy 3. Thank you, Final Fantasy 4. Thank you, Final Fantasy 5. Thank you, Final Fantasy 6. Thank you, Final Fantasy 7. Thank you, Final Fantasy 8. Thank you, Final Fantasy 9. Thank you, Final Fantasy 10. Thank you, Final Fantasy 11. Thank you, Final Fantasy 12. Thank you, Final Fantasy 13. Thank you, Final Fantasy 14. Thank you, Final Fantasy 15. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts 2. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts Recoded. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts 0.2 Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts 3. Thank you, Tetsuya Nomura. Thank you, Domino's. Thank you, CeCe's Pizza. Thank you, Aesop. Thank you, Auntie Aaron. Thank you, Stith Thompson. Thank you, Hans Jörg Uther. Thank you, The Earth. Thank you, Podcasts. Thank you, Gordy. Thank you, Carmen. And thank you, What the Folklore. We're What the Folklore, and that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.